Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. What a privilege for me to be here today. Wow. So my name is Mark and I am Scottish. Is there anyone from Scotland here? Yeah. Are you, are you really from Scotland? Which part of Scotland are you from? Norwich. <laughs> well, welcome. Lovely. Years ago. Good. That, that exchange did. Oh, people, real people from Scotland. Where are you from? Where? Edinburgh. That's where I'm from. Oh. Okay. Hi. So, um... Try not to wave at me while I'm speaking. So, oh, sorry. Where are you from? Peterhead. Peterhead. It's right up the top. Good. Well, great. I think, <laughs> I think everybody from Norwich has gone, right, get on with it. Um, I, has anyone here gone to the supermarket, maybe a few months ago, gone to the supermarket, forgot their mask? Has anyone done that? Oh, man. And they... I'm going to Sainsbury's and I've forgotten my mask and I am scrabbling around my car trying to find anything, absolutely anything that I can tape to my face that will be like a mask. I mean, a CD cover, I mean anything, yeah? I ended up finding the ice scraper, yeah? And I taped it to my face and I went into Sainsbury's, yeah? And I, I, like, they gave me a few unusual looks. If you go to Sainsbury's with an ice scraper on your face, you get unusual looks. If you go into Waitrose with an ice scraper on your face, you get arrested, yeah? <laughs> if you go into Lidl with an ice scraper on your face, you get a loyalty card, yeah? Because <laughs> they're like, oh, we're so glad to see you. You're our kind of customer, yeah? We love you. Any little fans in the room? Oh, there's, oh wow. Little section there. Just a whole little section. Just all come together. Don't sit with the Sainsbury's lot. Do not sit with them. We're the little crowd. Um, so I get the opportunity, amazing opportunity to like preach the gospel into lots of different places, but also get the, the chance to take the gospel, take the cross to the most unlikely place, just as we're hearing getting the chance to go to Edinburgh, Edinburgh Festival, getting the chance to go to Australia, do all the comedy stuff there. You know, brilliant. But um, a, a little while ago, my, my guy said to me, Mark, you've been asked to speak in a little church in Burgess Hill, uh, but at the same time, you've also had another booking, and it's for a pub in Belfast. And so I'm looking at this, this lovely little church, and I'm thinking, oh, I know these guys, they're lovely, it'll be fine. I'm looking at the email that is asking me to go to Belfast, and the part is like, we want you to make them laugh, but then what you want to bring you the cross. And in the email it says, it's a really rough pub, yeah? And it says, you may get head-butted in the face. It's like, what kind of invite is that? It's like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. So 
I'm like, oh, so I'm kind of praying and thinking. So I tell my guy, listen, Burgess Hill Church, that's fine. Let's go, go, go. Um, and then all day, God is speaking to me. I'm driving around and God's talking to me. God's saying, you need to go to that pub in Belfast. You, you go to that pub in Belfast. And I'm like, oh. And eventually, like in the afternoon, I was like, I just looked up to God and I went, you go to the pub in Belfast, yeah? <laughs> if you want it's like, oh. So anyway, I said, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm going. So, wow, got there. Oh. So I'm kind of doing my humor. Well, it's Belfast, so they're giving me feedback. They're giving me feedback. They're not putting it in a form, yeah? This is not, this is not a lovely form. Drop it in the bucket. This is immediate feedback, yeah? People telling me exactly what they think of my humor. And it's like, oh, man. And then I go to the bit about the cross. And then I'm doing this whole thing, and a group of guys get up, and they go to the toilet, Yeah? They're just like, oh, this guy's chatting about God, Jesus, let's go. So I'm like thinking, wow, Billy Graham used to call them to the front, yeah? I'm actually calling people to the back, yeah? <laughs> just go, just go, it's fine. And I'm like, oh, man, but wow, what an incredible moment for me to suddenly get to that powerful point of talking about the cross and right there in that pub having this beautiful, sacred moment. And somebody coming up to me and saying, we've never heard of the cross here before. We've never heard it spoken of in this place. And I'm like, wow, that is what God's called me to do. It's to take the cross and place it in the most unlikely place. Amen. It's like exciting to think that, wow, you know, getting to go to these comedy festivals and like, wow, make them laugh. And then, boom, the cross of Christ. It's fantastic. So I'm excited. So listen, I don't know if you've got a Bible with you, but if you do, I'd love you to look in the book of Luke. And it's this one here, Luke chapter 10. And Jesus tells a story. And in this kind of wonderful Jesus story, Jesus starts, let's look at it from, you know, um, let's look at it from where it begins, which is verse 28, yeah? Jesus replied, do this and you will live. Oh, I am needing to look and find exactly, it's 10 verse 30. Sorry, everyone. Normal service will be resumed as soon as possible, yeah? Here it is. In reply, Jesus said, I got there. He says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And when he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Wow. You know, I love this story because Jesus is saying, you know, that there was a man who was beaten and bust and broken and left for dead by the side of the road. 
And I'm speaking to you today and I'm saying, you know that there's a generation, friends, a generation that the enemy of our souls has beaten and burst and broken and left for dead. You know, young people that have been ripped apart, ripped off by the enemy. Children that have been bust and beaten and just left for dead. Men and women that have kind of like, you know, tried to live their lives good and proper, but the enemy stole everything from them and left them on the side of the road for dead. And it's like, wow. And I have come today to speak to you to say, do not cover your eyes you see you know the the priest he didn't want to look he didn't want to see it the 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 levite he didn't want to look at it and they crossed the road they didn't want to see this guy who was bust and beaten and broken and you know we are speaking to your church to say wow you know are we going to be those that are going to like say oh no i don't want to see that i want to cross the road i want to get away from that that's not for me I was preaching recently in a church and I was telling this incredible story about this prostitute who's been radically saved and she's found Jesus and it's amazing. And what a powerful story. And we were praising God together about how wonderful she has been turned around. And when I was in the foyer at the end, they were all piling out the Christians and there was this Christian with an enormous Bible. When you see a Christian with an enormous Bible, run, yeah? Because you know, any man carrying a Bible that size has got issues, yeah? I'm sorry, there's probably someone shuffling it under their chair right now. It's like, oh dear, this is not the time to bring the big Bible out. And he's he's like, massive Bible, and he comes into the foyer, and he says to me, brother, I did not come to church to hear about prostitutes. And you know, I tell you, a little tear rolled down my cheek because you know, friends, Jesus cares incredibly about prostitutes. Jesus cares absolutely passionately. Jesus cares about those that feel bust and broken and beaten. And it's like, sometimes as church, we we will wanna cover our eyes. We wanna like, oh, I don't wanna look at that. I don't know if some of you remember the Costa Concordia story. This was a cruise ship that crashed into some rocks. And uh, people began to die on the ship. They began to drown. And those of you that know the story will know that the captain began to zip up the crew members' life jackets. And that the crew and the captain, they sailed away in a lifeboat just as the ship was sinking and people were dying. And there's this incredible footage of the Italian Coast Guard who um, speaks to the captain and he's on the walkie-talkie and he's speaking to him and he's saying, you must go back to the wreckage. And in Italian, you hear this Italian Coast Guard begging the captain, go back to the wreckage. And the captain, he's like a little boy. He's like crying, he's like, it's cold, it's dark. It's horrible. People are getting angry. It's chaos. People are dying. I can't go back. And some of you know that he basically sailed to land with his crew and off the scarpered. And he's now in prison because of that. You see, 
I see that as a picture of the church because sometimes it feels like the church. We're all zipping up each other's life jackets. We want to get in a little huddle and we want to sail away and we want to say, well, do you know what? The rest of the world can go to hell. And oh, friends, I, what I love about this church, what I love about the heartbeat of this church is this is a church that's saying, no, we're not just going to float away in a little club. We're going to go back to the broken and the hurting and the aching that they are the ones we are going to go back to the devastating. I absolutely love it. Maybe you're watching online right now and you're thinking, well, you know, what is the kind of value of this church? And I know that part of the value of this church is that we, we, we become people who reach out. They, they, they go to those who no one else wants to go to. To go to the devastated. And sure, you know, the captain, he's like saying, it's cold, it's dark, it's horrible, I don't want that. And it's like, listen, I can't, I can't deny that, that this culture that we live in today, it's complicated, it's difficult, it's a bit messy. Families are fractured. People are coming in with all kinds of challenges, struggles about the sexuality. It's, it's not all neat and tidy. It's a bit messed up and, 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 and it's all kind of crazy. But friends, we mustn't just get into a little huddle and think, oh, it's too scary. It's too weird. We must go back and go to the broken and go to the damaged and go to the ruin. We must do it. Do not cover your eyes. Do not cross the road. Do not say, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. But we must go to those. Go to those that are devastated, ruined and broken. You see, the other thing about, I love about the Samaritan is that it, he needed to be full of courage. He needed to take courage. You see, he could have, he could have got involved with this guy. And suddenly, it was a trap. Jesus was talking about a dangerous road. You know, maybe it was a trap and he starts to help the guy and suddenly he gets ambushed. He needed to have courage. You know, friends, we, if we want to get involved with people's lives, we must be full of courage. We must be bold. We must be strong. You know, I was having a laugh with Pastor John last night saying, what I've loved about this church is that in a time when many churches have been fearful, when many churches have been full of like, oh, it's a bit terrifying out there. I've loved the boldness and the courage and the bravery of this church. And I've loved it. It's just like, we're going for this. So... I'm, I'm, I'm not a fighter, right? I'm not, I've never been much of a fighter. I've not really got... You know, you look, meet those guys that are like big and strong and tough. Do you know what I'm saying? I bet like Pastor... Not, not, no, that's a bad example, but you know they kind of like... You know those big, tough, strong guys, you know? And I've never, I've never really been much of a fighter, but, but um, I wanted to tell you about something that happened. I am... Um, I w went to Barnsley to be a youth pastor and I was, a, I was there and had, looking after all these 11 to 14 year old young people. We used to take the young people um, out after Sunday night service for McDonald's and we used to basically like, you know, play in the park and frisbees and footballs and I was the guy. And my wife Tamsin, she was pregnant with Jordan. She was eight months pregnant. Now I've like realized that there are two kinds of ladies that get pregnant. Yeah, there are the ladies that get pregnant who just nip to the loo and come back with a baby. Yeah, they just come back. Just, oh, I just had a baby. Yeah, yeah. It turns out I didn't need a wee. I've had a baby. Yeah, and uh, 
You never, you never knew they were pregnant. They're just like, that is amazing. I didn't even know you were pregnant. That's incredible. And then there are other ladies that are pregnant, yeah? And my wife was pregnant. Honestly, we like, oh, if you wanted her to change direction, it was 45 minutes, yeah? It's 45 minutes. It's going to take a while. It's taken a while. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go anywhere. It's like, oh, Tamsin, are you going to be able to manage? No, she's not going to manage that little walk, that little step. She's like, oh, she was pregnant. And uh, she's there, and she's eight months pregnant. And uh, basically, got all these on, and I'm kind of throwing frisbee with these And I didn't realize that this group of guys at the top of the hill, they'd all been taking drugs, this big gang, and they came down. The first thing I knew about it was that they'd thrown one of the little lads onto the ground, and they were around them, and suddenly I saw that they were all around like my wife. And suddenly, I've told you I'm not a great fighter, I'm not brave, but something inside just triggered. I'm like, wow. So I like ran to right up to Tamsin. I says to the young people, everybody get in the minibuses. A couple of my leaders came there, big group of guys. And I said to these guys, whoa, guys, that's it. You're not going past this line. You're, that's it. You stop there. Yeah. I says, Tamsin, you need to start turning. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you in about an hour. Yeah. When you've actually yeah, point in the direction of the minibuses. Yeah. Point. That'll be good. And the three of us, we stood there. What an awesome, awesome, awesome story this would be. I mean, guys are watching online. Imagine this. If you're watching this on the God channel, I'd be like, wow. And the gang members were like, whoa, who are those soldiers who are with you? Who are those men with the swords? They are angels. You are surrounded by angels. And that is the story I would tell if I was on the God channel, yeah? <laughs> But unfortunately, the true story is uh, the true story is that I ended up in A and E. Yeah, I got water beating me and the guys got. But you know, we were able to stop them. They didn't go past the line. They didn't go past me. Says, no, that's it. Because you see, I suddenly realized something. You know, these young kids are in my responsibility. My wife there with her, the baby that's just about to be born. Suddenly something triggered. And I want to say this to you. Courage. Wow. You see, it's not the absence of fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. What courage is, is that when you've got something inside of you that is so big and so strong and so full of passion that it is bigger and greater than your fear. Yeah? Wow! When you've got a burden that's like, wow! This is bigger and greater than my fear. Oh, I'm speaking to you, church, that you go from this place and, you know, wow, maybe in the past you felt nervous or worried about going and, and telling your mates about Jesus. But, wow, I'm not saying you're not going to do it without fear. But what I am going to say is that you do it with a passion that is inside your soul. That you're like, wow, your salvation is bigger to me than any fear that I feel. I'm going to invite them to everything. I'm going to invite all my mates to everything. I'm going to chat to my family about Jesus. I'm going to talk to that workmate about God. Oh, I get a bit nervous. I get a bit worried. It's 2021. What might happen if I start speaking about Jesus? Oh, guys, I've got a bigger passion inside of me. 
And that passion is, I don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want anyone to go without knowing Jesus. I don't want a generation to be left for dead. And speaking to us that we would be a courageous people. That we would, God, love that you've been hearing about going. And that this Christmas you just invite people, invite everybody to everything. It's amazing. And then, you know, I love that. The good Samaritan, he had to get off his high horse. He had to get off his high horse and get down in the dust. And church, I'm speaking to us today that we would get off our high horse. You know, sometimes the things that church focuses in on, some of the things that we get all hung up about, you're like, wow, get off your high horse and get amongst the dust and the broken and the ruin. Get off our high horse worrying about, you know, sometimes people like really harass my brain when they come and talk to me about the stupid little things about church. No, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, could you look away for a minute? Because I'm just, I'm just, you bless them. Bless them with my forehead, yeah. And, uh, ah. Because, you know, you're like, why are you getting hung up on that? That we would get off our high horse. I remember being a young Bible student and I was passionate about evangelism. And we got to do some evangelism with this, uh, this kind of little church in Yorkshire. And a group of us, we turned up and the pastor was there. And he gave us some of these leaflets to hand out. And we thought, wow, I don't know about that. And we went to the kebab shop. And we stood outside the kebab shop. It was pouring the rain. And we chatted to these guys. And after three hours, I remember as a young student running back. And I was like, Pastor, Pastor. You know, we've been chatting to these young guys and one of them is coming to church on Sunday. And I was so excited. And the pastor, he says, well, that's good, Mark. But while you've been doing that, we've been having a business meeting, a members meeting. And we've been discussing whether the piano should be at this side of the hall or whether the piano should be at that side of the hall. It says, and we've had a vote, and it was a draw. So we're going to meet again next week to go through the whole thing again. And as a young Bible student, I'm like, no! I was genuinely like, no, I do not care where you sit your piano on the side. Stick your piano out, up the middle, yeah? I, uh... <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And it's like... I don't care where you stick the piano. It's like, what is that? Sometimes, church, we've got hung up on all kinds of nonsense, all kinds of rubbish. When Jesus is saying, get off your high horse. Let's get down there. Get amongst the beaten and the bust and the broken. Oh, I'm going to tell I've never done I was sitting in a church recently. And I, fell off the, I fell off my chair onto my knees, sobbing because of what I heard. And the pastor was telling this story to the church that a woman who's been praying for like her husband for like something like 40 years, every day praying and praying that he would come to church. He's not coming, he's not coming. And then one Sunday, she gets out of bed and he's, he's up and he's up, he's dressed. She's like, what's happening? He says, I I'm going to church. She's like, absolutely delighted. She goes, well, there's two services. Let me serve in the first one, come to the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes, she's telling everyone she's delighted. And then the second service, she's looking for him. He's not there. She's looking everywhere. She cannot find him. She's gutted. So over dinner, she says, 
I invited you to come. You said you were coming. And he said this. He says, I did come. He says, I did come. And he told her exactly where he sat. He says, and I sat down and I was ready for the service. And a couple came up to me and says, excuse me, but we've been sitting in those seats for 35 years. And he says, could you move, please? And he's a polite guy, so he kind of got up, couldn't really find a seat, got in his car and went home. I tell you, I fell off my seat and I started to weep. And I says, God, what have we become? What has the church become? Oh, friends, I love the fact that, you know, there's no reserved seats for anyone 40 years sitting in the same seat. It's like we've got to be people that are saying we're getting off our high horse. We're getting in amongst the dust. We're getting in amongst the ruin. We're getting amongst the spoil. And so I I, I love that the Bible then says that the good Samaritan, then he, he traveled with this broken man, took him to the inn, took him to the inn. I love that traveled with him my uh, wife and me we love hosting people for dinner we have a lot of people around for dinner and then a little while ago we were kind of like at home chilling out and we were watching then something on the um god channel and we were just there and we were just (laughs) kind of chilling and then suddenly both the phones pinged at the same time okay we look at our phones and it says oh we're so excited to come around for dinner thanks for inviting us See you in 20 minutes. Is there anything we can bring? Oh, man. So I'm like immediately like, listen, Tam, you need to message them back. We've completely forgot. This is not it can't happen. But my wife is like a proper Christian. So she's like, no, we can do this. Come on. She goes, listen, I'll start tidying the house up. I'll get the hoovering done. I'll get cleaned up. I'll get started with the cooking. Here's a list. You go to Asda. So I'll go to Asda. I've got a chicken, yeah, chicken, rice. Yeah, got the rice. Got my little thing, yeah, all good. And then on the list, it says coconut milk. Oh, yeah, you're already feeling my pain. Coconut milk. Oh. Coconut milk. Do you get the coconut milk with the coconuts or do you get it with the milk? Yeah, there are two words there and there are two very different directions to go. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not understanding. So I ring my wife. I ring my wife. I'm like, oh, Tamsin. Now, do you remember Tamsin's hoovering, cleaning, cooking? I said, Tamsin, coconut milk. Did you get it with the coconuts or did you get it with the milk? (laughs) She says, Mark, you are a fully grown man. Find the coconut milk. And she hung up. Oh, oh man, why are you clapping that? Ask yourself as a person, why are you clapping that? Examine your heart right now, why are you clapping that? Oh. So right there in the middle of Asda, I thought, oh. so I ring her back, yeah? I says, Tamsin, I am a fully grown man and I will find the coconut milk. And I hung up, yeah? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Put that in your journal, yeah? Always get the last word, hallelujah. No. But then I'm like, oh no, what do I do now? So I went up like the lovely Asda lady, I says, oh, coconut milk. What did she say? You all know what she said. She goes, listen, let me take you. Let me take you to the coconut milk. And as we're walking along, I says, oh, I didn't know whether you get it with the coconut or I didn't know whether you get it with the milk. She goes, oh, that's funny. I says, well, you need to tell my wife that, yeah? She's not laughing. She's not laughing. 
So we're like walking along. Of course, of course, that's what Asda does. You know, that's what Sainsbury's does. Of course, you know that. Tesco's does it. Lidl, no, no. <laughs> Don't try and ask where something is in Lidl. Everything. I mean, what Lidl? Who puts this stuff out in Lidl? Yeah, it's like chicken, sausages, spanners. Yeah, all just in the same. It's like random Rogers just like doing that. Yeah. Ice cream, nappies, yeah. Ask someone in Lidl, they're like, oh, yeah, somewhere. <laughs> you, you know, they're not laughing now, the Lidl section, are they? They're like, I did not come to church to hear about this. So, you see, the supermarkets, they, they've understood, they've understood that like you've got a journey with people, you've got to travel with them. They're not saying, oh, you know, turn right at the nappies and you'll see. No, and it's like church, we need to start journeying with people. We need to start traveling with people. It's like, it's not about like you shouting, oh, salvation's over there and you'll get redemption. No, it's about saying, let me go on this journey with you. Let me walk you home. What a beautiful thought of us walking people into the hands of the Father. It's like what a great privilege of seeing someone found in God's arms. We must journey with people. And then, oh man, I love that the Bible says that the good Samaritan, he applied, he applied the oil and he applied the wine. You know, some of you will know this, but oil is often a picture for grace in the Bible. And you know, it's just incredible to think that, that you know, you've, we've got the sense in which the grace has been applied. You see, I genuinely, hand on heart, don't think there are many, but there are some Christians who you meet and it feels like they want to, they want to carry the anger of God. Everywhere they go, they want to be like kind of relaying the anger of God. And I, I cry to your soul today that we would carry the smile of God. That we would carry the grace of God. Yeah, that we would like be there. Yes. That we would be there for the broken and the bust and the beat. That maybe even this week you would just sit next to someone that no one else is sitting next to. You know, I, I, I used to do these assemblies in Barnes End and used to fill the hall, four or five hundred young people. And they'd ask me to do assemblies Monday through to Friday. And I was in this one, assembly, one school and the school filled up and there were like four or five empty rows at the back. And this little kid, about 13, he would come in five minutes late and he would go to the middle of the row at the very back. And then I saw him do it on Monday and then again on Tuesday, exactly the same on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It was weird, everyone packed at the front, these empty rows, this little kid at the back row. And I was talking about the grace of God. I was talking about carrying the smile of God. And I'll never forget it because this young kid stood up. The coolest lad in the school. The lad that all the guys wanted to be like. The guy that the girls wanted to go crazy for. He stood up and he pushed past and he walks to the back of the hall. He knocks past the empty chairs and he sits next to this kid. And he just puts his hand on his back. The whole school's like looking. They're all like caught up with this. And at the end, the teacher said to me, crying her eyes out, she goes, Mark, did you know what was happening? I says, I, no. She says, Mark, wow. She goes, that lad, just a little while ago, his, his mom died and his, 
dad's devastated and he's not been washing properly. Dad's not really looking after him because dad's sort of mourning. He's not been cleaning his clothes. He's coming into school and he, he smells bad. And he's sitting in that back row because no one wants to be near him. And he knows that. So he's at the back row in the middle away from everyone. And then the coolest lad in the school understands what you're talking about when you're saying, carry the smile of God. And he gets up and he goes to the back of the hall and he sits next to the kid that no one else will sit next to. Wow. It's like, whoa. That we would be those that would carry, that we would apply the oil, that we would carry the grace of God. And you know, he, he applied the oil and he applied the wine. And so many of you know that the wine's often represented by Jesus' blood in the Bible. And I, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm getting a chance to communicate the gospel in all of these wonderful places. But I need you to know the method has maybe changed, but the message never changes. The message is that Jesus' blood washes us completely clean. That the cross changes everything and you know I'm so aware that in a room like this there'll be people and you've heard us singing so beautifully about the cross you've heard us talking about it I am I saw it a bit like this you know I'm Scottish so I, I was thinking about this castle and you know I, I saw myself outside the castle and outside the castle it was raining and it was cold and it was that hostile Scottish weather and inside the castle, I could see that there was warmth and heat coming from it. I could see that there was food cooking. There was a celebration happening. And I wanted desperately to be in there. And so I tried to get into the castle. But round the castle with this huge moat. And I couldn't get round it or under it or over it. This moat was stopping me from getting in the castle. And imagine if I told you now that, that God is that castle and he's, he's there and he's got so much for you. But because of our mess and our sin, we're not able to get in there. And that's the end of the story. And we all go away thinking, man, I, I'm on the outside here. I, I want to get in there with God, but I can't because this thing called sin, my mess, my rubbish. But wow, wow. There's this part of the Bible where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see in that picture of the castle, the drawbridge came down. The drawbridge came down and I was able to come through the drawbridge into the castle. And friends, when Jesus died on the cross, he died that horrible, horrendous death. He laid down his life. He laid down his life. He came from heaven and came to the dust and the brokenness of earth. He came and he laid down his life so that you and so that me, we could come through Jesus, through this wonderful bridge, into the, all that God has got for us. The feast and the celebration and the warmth of his love, it is all there for us. And that all of us, we can have this today. That we can come through the cross of Jesus Christ into the arms of God. Wow. He applied the oil and the wine. And so what I want to do right now is in just a moment, I'm going to ask us to bow our heads in the presence of God. And you know, I really believe that there are people here and some of us, we're, 
we're feeling a bit like, God, you know what, Mark? I've never really known what it is to come through Jesus into the presence of God like that. God has got so much for you. So much abundance and blessing for you. So what I'm going to do is really simple. Is I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And I'm going to ask that you pray it after me. Don't say it out loud so people can hear. But pray it in your heart. I'm then going to say amen and ask us just to keep our heads bowed for a moment. And I'm just going to say, if you prayed that prayer, then I'm going to count to three. And on three, I'm just going to say, would you slip up your hand so that I can see today that you've said, oh, I come through the cross of Jesus into the presence of God. Let's bow our heads. Oh, friend, wherever you are sitting right now, if you're watching online, You might be in your kitchen. You might be at your table or in your front room. Whatever you're doing, you get involved in this moment. Whatever you're sitting in this auditorium, I'm simply going to pray this prayer. Why don't you pray it in your heart after me? Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. I'm sorry about my mess. I'm sorry about my stuff. I receive your forgiveness. I come through Jesus into your arms and I receive your goodness and I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. As every head stays bowed, every eyes closed, this is a sacred moment. If you're online, this is a sacred moment for you. And that's going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to raise up your hand so I can see it today. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's really, really great. That is wonderful. Really good. Wonderful. I believe that there are a few more. There are people that you prayed it, you've not raised your hand yet. Let me just see your hand. Let me see it. That's great. That's phenomenal. Wonderful. Who else today? You prayed that prayer and you, you've not raised your hand yet. Let me just see it so that I can see today that you have prayed that prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for incredible people coming into your arms in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, church, I've got a prayer inside of me that I would love to pray over you as a church as we move into this Christmas season where lots of guests are going to come. So I wonder if a church is okay to ask you to stand. Can you stand in the presence of God? Would it be okay to ask you to raise up your hands to heaven? And as our hands are raised up to heaven, hallelujah, hallelujah, that we would be anointed. We would be anointed to preach good news to the Hallelujah, as your hands are raised up to heaven right now, that we would not turn our eyes away, that we would not all cover our eyes. Oh, I'm praying for you as your hands are raised up, that you would have courage and boldness today. And I'm praying, oh friend, today, that you would journey with many, journey with many that we would see that wonderful oil and that wonderful wine applied. Hallelujah. Raise up your hands to heaven. Holy God, 
We pray that salvations would spring up in this house. We pray that, Lord God, right across Norwich, there would be a wonderful sense of a wave of salvation springing up all over the city. That we would be wonderfully excited about the people that have been restored and rescued as we go off our high horse and we absolutely get in the dust and we say, oh, friend, you're going to be restored. Oh, friend, you're going to be healed. Oh, friend, you're going to be turned around in the name of Jesus. And we give God all the honor and all the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, would you put your hands together and thank Pastor Mark Ritchie. Brilliant message. And I want to give a gift to those who've prayed that first prayer we said. Pastor Mark prayed and you said, I want to become a Christian, receive Christ's love into my heart, forgiveness for my sin. If you said that prayer, our team are going to be out in the atrium and as you head through the exits, they'll be standing there with these Bibles in the air. Would you take hold of a Bible? It's really the first step in this decision. And the next step is come back next Sunday. Come back next Sunday. We also run small groups throughout the week. We'd love to get you in a small community. We're a large church. We also have small midweek communities where you'll find friendships, relationships, and they'll cultivate and grow. And yeah, we're excited to plug you in. And this is the start of a great adventure. So come on, one more time. Let's congratulate everyone who said that prayer. And, and online, if you said that prayer online, let us know. Just drop us a message. Say, I have decided on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever you're watching, I have decided. And our team will reach out to you and help you from this day forward. Fantastic. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.